Well, if you were making a holiday tier list, I wonder where you would rank New Year's Eve. When you compare it with the other holidays, where would you put it? Would you put it at the top of your list in the S tier, beside the king of all holidays, Christmas, or would you put it in maybe the C or D tier right alongside Valentine's Day and St. Patrick's Day? For me, uh, New Year's Eve is about as mid and meh as it gets. Don't get me wrong, I don't hate it. It's just that for me, it's a mixed bag with just as many pros as it has cons. The cons, well, for one, I have zero interest in staying up till midnight ever, let alone this time of year when the sun sets at four and I regularly find myself dozing off and yawning well before 9 p.m. Next is the food. I mean, can we be honest here? What is even left to look forward to eating on New Year's Eve? For five weeks straight, most of us have been gorging ourselves on turkey and ham casserole and starches of every kind, not to mention the pounds of chocolates and cakes and sweets and cookies we feasted on for the whole month of December. And then there's the grand finale at midnight. What's the big reward for staying up all the way until midnight? A glowing ball settles at the bottom of some pole and you get to listen to one of John Lennon's more overrated songs. So yeah, for me... Those are definitely some things that would be on the con side of the ledger. But you know, there is one thing that I really do appreciate about New Year's, and that's how it tends to cause us to slow down and reflect on the previous year and begin to turn our attention to setting goals or perhaps making resolutions in hopes of making the most of the year ahead. I wonder, how is 2023 for you? Think if we're being honest, for some of us, we really just kind of coasted our way through 2023. We really just kind of killed time and truth be told, frittered the year away. Others among us set goals and perhaps started out well, lots of motivation and energy, but over the course of time, you kind of just lost some steam and threw the towel in maybe in February or March. Still others among us set goals and actually stuck with them only to find out that their accomplishments were kind of tinny and hollow and added no real lasting meaning or value to their lives. Don't you wish we could know what pursuits would be worthwhile in 2024? Don't you wish you could know beyond the shadow of a doubt what would bring lasting meaning and purpose and joy in the new year? Don't you wish you could know that 365 days from today, you won't be looking back on 2024 thinking, man, another year spent spinning my wheels and chasing rabbits with nothing to show for it. Well, today in the book of Colossians, God's word is gonna provide some clarity on how we can cut through all the noise and focus on what's truly worthy of our focus in 2024. 
So if you have your Bible, I wanna invite you to turn to Colossians chapter three, beginning in verse one. We're gonna be working just through verses one and two today, tackling those two verses one phrase at a time. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn, beginning in Colossians chapter three, verse one. There we read, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. First of all, I want you to notice in today's passage, in this first phrase, if then you have been raised with Christ, I want you to notice who these instructions are addressed to. You see, the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write these words. And as Christians, we believe this is God's word. And in God's word, he gives these commands, these instructions, these directives, but they're not for anyone and everyone. No, we just read in verse one who these instructions are for. These instructions have a target audience and that target audience is those who have been raised with Christ. Who are those who have been raised with Christ? Well, simply put, those who have been raised with Christ are those who have been reconciled to God, those who have had their sins forgiven, those who have had the Holy Spirit take up residence in their heart and in their lives. They are those people who on the day of judgment are gonna stand before God and be found not guilty because they trusted in the finished work of Christ on the cross. That is his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Said differently, those who have been raised with Christ are authentic, bona fide Christians. And in our passage, we see that if we have been raised with Christ, we are to seek the things that are above. Now, since this has a target audience in mind, since these instructions are only given to those who have been raised with Christ, that means if you're here today and you have not trusted in Christ, if the Holy Spirit has not taken up residence in your heart and in your life, then candidly, what we're gonna be reading about this morning doesn't really apply to you. But if you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have placed your trust in him, if you have been born from above and the Holy Spirit has taken up residence in your life, then these marching orders are for you. And it is so important that we get this clear in our minds. As we look to a new year and begin to make goals and resolutions of all different varieties, if you have been risen with Christ, you better be clear on this fact. Your life is not a choose your own adventure book. Your life is not a blank canvas. You are not the captain of your fate or the master of your destiny. No, if you have been raised with Christ, you have already been given an assignment that we'll read about in just a few moments. Now, please don't misunderstand me this morning. There is nothing wrong whatsoever with setting goals and New Year's resolutions of all different kinds, fitness goals, financial goals, nutrition goals, uh, perhaps travel goals. I hope you're doing that, I know that I am. But if you have been raised with Christ, you better know for a fact that whatever goals we set 
and whatever resolutions we make, they all must be in harmony with our primary marching orders and they must bow the knee to the instructions that we receive in today's passage. The beginning of our assignment is found in the second phrase in verse one. Colossians 3 verse one says this, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now the picture that is painted here is one of Jesus enthroned in heaven in power and authority, supreme glory at the right hand of God the Father. First Peter chapter three, verse 22 puts it this way. Speaking of Jesus after his death and resurrection and ascension, it says, he has gone into heaven. He is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers subject to him. And so against this sublime picture of Jesus in glory and power and honor, seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven, that is the backdrop in which we receive our instructions, which we are told we are to seek the things that are above. Well, what does it mean to seek the things that are above? Quite simply, to seek the things above means that we in our lives seek to establish, further, and advance the agenda of King Jesus. Jesus puts it this way in Matthew chapter six, verse 33. He tells his followers, this is how you are to orient your lives. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added to you. In the Lord's prayer in Matthew chapter six, verse 10, Jesus tells us to pray this way, praying to God the Father, we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Have you ever been traveling somewhere or perhaps you're like me, maybe you've moved to the capital region from some other state and there's just this one restaurant, this one shop, this one business that you think to yourself, I can't wait until they open one of those locations right here in the Capital District. I know for my wife, a store that she absolutely loves is Anthropology. Anybody familiar with this store, Anthropology? Yeah, you like need to see uh, someone to give you a loan to shop there, unfortunately. <laughs> But nonetheless, my wife loves this store. It's a wonderful store. It's large. It's really well decorated. Uh, it's a lot of women's clothing primarily, but they have different furniture and knickknacks if you're unfamiliar. And I just know that whenever Nikki and I are traveling and we're in a city that has an anthropology, I don't even ask anymore. I just assume at some point on that trip, we're gonna find our way to anthropology and my wife is going to slowly and meticulously comb through every square inch of that huge store. I know being from the South, when I moved to New York, I was so disappointed 
when I realized that if I wanted to eat Chick-fil-A, this was five years ago, I had to drive all the way to Chicopee, Massachusetts. It blew my mind. I could not believe that that was my new reality. I remember thinking to myself, life would be so much better if I can just get a number one with a diet lemonade and an extra spicy chicken sandwich, do not judge me, anytime I wanted. And I thought to myself, how on earth does the capital region not have a single Chick-fil-A except for the one at the airport? I wish these poor souls in the capital region could know the bliss of eating Chick-fil-A whenever they wanted. They simply don't know what they're missing. This is not the way God intended life to be lived. Well, seeking the things that are above I think is a lot like seeking to franchise heaven. It's going through your day-to-day life and seeking to import into your spheres of influence the values of God and the abundant life we have in Christ. Seeking the things that are above is spending our lives thinking about how we can take parts and pieces and components of heaven and bring them into our homes, our neighborhoods, our world, and every area of our life. And so in our passage, when the Apostle Paul invites these Christians in Colossae, rather commands these Christians in Colossae to seek the things that are above, that's exactly what he's telling them to do. He's saying, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek to be an active participant, a conduit, an agent for ushering in kingdom life in every sphere of our lives and doing whatever we can to try to help people live life the way God intended for it to be lived. But the apostle Paul goes on from there and says, not only are we to seek the things that are above, but here in verse two, we get to our last two phrases. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. And then verse two, but also set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And here I wanna start with that second phrase in verse two. We are told as Christ followers, we are not, not, don't do this, do not set your minds on the things that are on earth. You might wonder, well, what exactly does that mean? Well, on the one hand, I think it means we are not to be mastered by our earthly appetites and pleasures. We are to be people that recognize if I have been raised with Christ, the Lord Jesus has a blueprint. He has a plan. He has instructions for how I am to conduct myself in every area of life with my speech, with people that are difficult, with my personal finances, with my temper, with my libido. To not be setting my mind on the things of this earth is to not be mastered by those things. We see this clearly just a few verses later in Colossians chapter three, verse five. Colossians three, verse five says this, put to death, therefore, catch this now, what is earthly in you. And then he begins to list some of those earthly things, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is 
idolatry. And so on the one hand, when it says, don't set your mind on the things of this earth, it means we are not to be mastered by earthly pleasures. On the other hand, and perhaps more difficult and insidious is this other idea, which is to not set our minds on the things of earth means that we are not being preoccupied with earthly priorities. We are not, as those who have been raised with Christ, to be preoccupied with earthly pursuits and priorities. Listen to what the scriptures say in 2 Timothy 2, verses three and four. We read, share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Luke chapter eight, verse 14 says this. As for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life and their fruit does not mature. Luke chapter 21, verse 34, Jesus issues a stark warning. And there he says, watch yourselves, be careful. There's a real risk here. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. If we're gonna be obedient to this teaching to not set our minds on earthly things, we need to be very careful to not allow ourselves to be preoccupied with earthly priorities. Now I realize that can be misunderstood. So let me try to bring a little clarity here. The passage does not say, pay no attention to earthly matters. The passage does not say, be negligent with your earthly responsibilities. It doesn't say that at all. It just says, don't set your minds on the things of this earth. I like to think about it a little bit like a speedometer. You know, when you're driving down the highway, it's probably a pretty good idea to occasionally check in on the speedometer. In the same way as we are seeking to live our lives for Christ, it's a good idea to glance at and pay appropriate attention to the things of this earth. But no one drives around staring at a speedometer. If you do that, you're gonna crash and burn. And so similarly, we are told here in this passage, do not set your minds on the things that are on earth. Doesn't mean we don't check in, doesn't mean we don't pay attention to them, but we don't set our minds on them. And why don't we do that? Because of our last phrase this morning, and that's at the beginning of verse two. We don't wanna set our minds on the things of this earth because we do want to set our minds on the things that are above. Set your minds on the things that are above. Now, when you hear that, you might think to yourself, what on earth does it mean to set my mind on the things that are above? Am I just supposed to walk around all the time daydreaming about angels and halos and harps and wings and clouds? What on earth does that mean? Set my mind on the things that are above. Well, it has nothing to do with daydreaming about angels. In fact, a few verses earlier in the book of Colossians, 
Paul repudiates sort of this weird mysticism that so many people are caught up in. Listen to what he says in Colossians chapter two, verses 18 and 19. The apostle Paul says this to the Christians in Colossae. He says, let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about these supposed visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. You see, the apostle Paul says this whole business of walking around being eccentric and obsessed with kind of odd, you know, mystical things, that's not what he's getting at when he says that we are to set our minds on the things that are above. Rather, he says, we should be holding tightly to the head. He explains who the head is in Colossians chapter one, verses 15 and 18. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything, let that sink in. Everything was created through Christ and for Christ. And he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. And then in verse 18, we see who the head is. It's Christ. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. So when Paul says we are to set our minds on the things that are above, what he is really saying is that we need to set our minds on the Lord Jesus Christ. It means we are to focus on him. We are to ruminate on him. We are to fixate and obsess on him. But practically speaking, how do you do that? How can you set your mind on a person you have never seen you don't know Christ's eye color. You don't know his height. You've never heard the sound of his voice. We haven't had the privilege that Mary had of going to Jesus and sitting at his feet, learning from him, being taught by him. So how can we set our minds on a person we've neither seen nor heard, nor met in the flesh. I mean, after all, we just read, Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He's not here on earth, let alone in the capital district. So how can I practically set my mind on the one I've never seen nor heard? Well, in our remaining minutes this morning, I wanna to offer to you two practical ways you can set your mind on the Lord Jesus in 2024. The first way is simple, two words, remember Jesus. In 2 Timothy 2, verse eight, it says this, remember Jesus Christ. I'm gonna say that again. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, the offspring of David.
Now, before you protest, let me acknowledge, I realize some of you might be going, that's the practical, helpful advice for 2024. Remember Jesus? That doesn't help me at all. It sounds like some Sunday school nonsense. Why do we need to be told to remember Jesus? We're all in church. Most of us would say we're Christians. We have a Bible. Some of us have religious art in our home. This is unhelpful. It doesn't make any sense. How on earth are we going to be better in 2024 by remembering Jesus? None of us have forgotten about him anyway. Well, according to the scriptures, we seem to have a bigger problem with this than we realize. Hebrews chapter 12, verses one through two say this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we must get rid of every weight and the sin that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out for us. Verse two, keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Curious how many people this morning grew up either as a child or with their children with the Where's Waldo books. Anyone familiar with Where's Waldo? Can I see a show of hands? I don't know about you, but when I was a small boy, I used to love the Where's Waldo books. If you're unfamiliar, they're really a picture book and they're usually about this big. They're pretty large. And as you would turn each page, there would be this new scene with all this activity. And they were usually very dense pictures with a lot going on. And the whole objective of this book was that in each scene, you would turn to a new scene. Maybe it's the beach, maybe it's a sporting event, maybe it's at a park, and then you would scan through the image and the whole point was to try to find Waldo in his red and white striped shirt somewhere in that image. And then once you found him, you'd move on to the next scene and you'd start the process all over. Just in case you've never had the joy of locating Waldo, we're gonna do that this morning. We're gonna put an image up here on the screen of the beach. And I don't know how clearly you can see this or not, but I can assure you Waldo is in this image. Now don't blurt out where it is. I'm gonna give you a few seconds. But when you locate Waldo, for those of you that do, just raise your hand, raise your hand. Okay, I'm seeing a few hands. Okay, for those of you that are like me and probably not as thorough and slow and patient with these kinds of things, here is where Waldo is. Waldo is in the bottom corner. And if you've ever spent time with this book, you know each scene is a totally different scene. Different characters, different feel, different vibe, but Waldo is assuredly in each scene. Well, Grace Fellowship, as you enter into 2024, your life is gonna have many different scenes. Some good, some bad. And I wanna plead with you as you enter into this new year to ask yourself, where's Jesus in all this? I wanna encourage you to remember Jesus in every experience of life. Let's say you've had a windfall, some financial blessing, or maybe you've been healed of something, just some good fortune has come your way. If that happens to you in 2024, remember Jesus. Jesus. 
remember that all of God's promises are finding their yes and amen in him. Remember that it is a gift given through him. And instead of being like the nine lepers in the gospel of Luke who were healed by Jesus and just went on with their life, be like the one who goes back and falls at the feet of Jesus and worships. When good fortune comes into your life in 2024, remember Jesus. In 2024, when you experience temptation, and we all will, I wanna encourage you to remember Jesus. Remember that he always makes a way of escape. Remember that he was tempted in all ways like us and yet without sin and draw near to him when tempted. What about when we succumb to temptation and we sin? Well, when that happens, probably know what I'm gonna say, remember Jesus. Remember that we have a high priest advocating for us, interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, and he, by his blood, has purchased our forgiveness. Remember that we do not have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but because the word took on flesh, he is able to sympathize with us, care for us, and restore us when we fall. Some of you are gonna experience this in the new year. Some of your friends and family, they're gonna stab you in the back. They're gonna do you wrong. Maybe it'll be at work, maybe it'll be in your home, maybe it'll be in your neighborhood. But some of you are gonna experience horrible mistreatment by others. When that happens, you know what? Remember Jesus. Remember that Judas sold him out for 30 pieces of silver. Remember that he knows what it feels like to be misunderstood and misrepresented, and that although he was the perfectly sinless son of God, they nailed him to a cross anyway. When you are wronged, when you are betrayed in 2024, remember Jesus. When you suffer in 2024, remember Jesus. Remember his words and let them comfort you he, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the good shepherd. He has not abandoned you. He will be faithful and with you. Draw encouragement and strength and resiliency from the Lord Jesus by remembering Jesus in every area of life. Final question for you this morning. I wanna do a little thought experiment. I want you to imagine that you work at a bookstore, maybe a Barnes and Noble, let's say, and your boss has said, hey, I got a job for you. I want you to take this Bible and I want you to put it on the shelf you think it belongs on. But here's the catch. None of the religion and spirituality shelves have come in yet. So you can't put it there. You need to put it on one of the other shelves. I need you to file this put it on the right shelf, but there is no religion and spirituality shelf. I wonder, where would you put it? If we're being honest, I think some people would say, when I read through this book, especially the Old Testament, it's kind of dusty and long and dry and boring. There's a lot of esoteric names and places. It's a history book. It's really a history book. There's not much relevance to my life. 
it's just a bunch of old facts and places. I'm gonna put it on the history shelf. Others would say history. Well, yeah, it contains history, but come on, this isn't a history book primarily. Have you ever read the book of Proverbs? It's a book chock full of wisdom. This is a book all about helping you enhance your life, have better relationships, be successful with your money and your career, to navigate conflict and relationships. This isn't a history book. No, this is a self-help book. And then they put it on the self-help shelf. Other people would say, no, it's not a self-help book. Are you crazy? You ever read the book of Revelation? This is like a sci-fi book. This is a book of mysticism. I mean, there's dragons and white horses and all these symbolic strange numbers and figures. This is a book of mysticism and sci-fi. We're gonna file it on that shelf. But you know, although the Bible does contain prophecy and prediction about the future, and although it does contain history, and although it does contain very real world wisdom for how to navigate life well, at its core, let me suggest to you what this is. This is not a history book. This is not a sci-fi book. This is not a self-help book. This is a biography, and it's a biography of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which brings us to our final way we can set our minds on the things above in 2024, and that is to read and reread Christ's biography. Listen, if you wanna be pointed to Christ in the new year, if you just wish there was an easy button you could mash to ensure that you're gonna draw near to Christ in 2024, it's the word of God. Listen to what Jesus says in the gospel of John, chapter five, verse 39. Jesus speaking to the religious leaders of his day says this in John 5, 39. He says to them, listen, this would have been speaking of the Old Testament at that time, but if it applies to the Old Testament, it certainly applies to the New. Jesus says to them, you search the scriptures because you think that they give you eternal life, but the scriptures point to me. <laughs> you wanna be pointed to Christ in 2024? Spend consistent time in the word of God. I have with me here uh, my Bible reading plan from 2023. This is a read the Bible through in a year plan. And I think this is the fifth or sixth time I've used this particular plan. And as you can probably see, you can see where I've checked off each day. I'm a dinosaur, I still like printed things. So I keep one of these and when I've read each day, I check it off. I cannot begin to tell you the absolute difference it makes in the years when I'm in a Bible reading plan and the years that I am not. My demeanor, my resiliency, my joy, my contentment, although they are far from perfect, are qualitatively different in the years where I'm consistently in a Bible reading plan. And if you've never read through the Bible in a year or never been in a Bible reading plan for a year, I wanna challenge you in 2024 to read for the first time, or if you've done it in the past, reread the biography of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
After our last song, you're gonna hear a little more about two Bible reading plans that we've made available for you. You can grab them on your way out. I hope 2024 will be the year that you read through the Bible for a first time, or if you're really new to reading through the Bible, pick up the read through the New Testament in a year plan. It's much more doable. It would be challenging, but not probably discouraging if you're not a big reader. But any way you wanna go about it, if you want that spiritual X factor in your life in 2024, if you wanna be someone who is seeking the things that are above, if you want to honestly set your mind on the things above, that is set your mind on the Lord Jesus Christ, I know of no better way than to remember Jesus in all of life and to read and reread his biography. Father, as we enter into a new year in just 12 hours, I ask that you would give all of us a hunger for Christ and his word in 2024. God, will you help us to remember Jesus in all of life? And will you help us to sense his proximity, his power and his tenderness as we draw near to him each and every day of 2024. Lord, help us to have our eyes open to how futile and really foolish it would be to set our aim on the things of the earth in 2024. And instead, Lord, help us to pay them appropriate attention, but to seek first the kingdom and to seek Christ in all things. And who knows what we'll be looking back on a year from now when we consider 2024. God, help us to draw near to Christ, knowing that he'll draw near to us. We pray this in his name. Amen. <laughs>